how are you? If you're new here, welcome. I'm Lauren of Lauren Leslie Studio, and today I'm very excited to introduce our first ever guest episode from Harmony Hardin's YouTube channel. Harmony invited me to go live on YouTube with two other amazing artists, Terry Runyon and Nina Sivajovic, to discuss finding your art style. We had such a great conversation, and sometimes we even had some different viewpoints on actually how to find a style. So I'm absolutely thrilled to share it with you here. It's all great, valuable information. On a side note, if you are an artist who hosts your own podcast or interviews on YouTube, and you're interested in repurposing your episodes for further reach, I'm now accepting guest episodes on the Design Tribe podcast. Sometimes it's really difficult to create all the content all the time on top of creating your actual artwork and your actual kind of real job. So I thought, wouldn't it be nice to create more of a collective effort and hear from different voices all in one place? Look in the show notes for an application to publish your interview here on the Design Tribe podcast podcast. Also look in the show notes for the original YouTube link to this episode in case you'd like to check out the video version on Harmony's YouTube channel. This episode was recorded on July 29th, 2023. Hey, hey, welcome to episode 15 of Harmony and Friends, casual conversations about art and business. I'm so, so excited that you've joined us today. We're going to get right into the artist introductions. And while we do that, let me ask you a question. If you are watching us live today, please tell us in the chat, when you hear the term art style, what comes to mind? All right, welcome everybody. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi. We're gonna, Hi. We're gonna skip right over to the awkward face and just okay. ask you to introduce yourselves. <laughs> So, um, Terry, why don't you start? Give us a minute or two, introduce yourself, your art business, anything you want to share for those of us watching that haven't met you before. Well, I'm Terry Runyon. I'm a visual artist, creative encourager, and I love cats. And I'm going to just introduce little Riley. Oh. <laughs> Wait, there. There's little Riley. She's the girl, and she's very particular. And hang on, I got one more. These are always the most important part of an introduction. This one's Tucker. He's an internet star. Yes. He likes to join me in creating artwork. Tucker and Riley, welcome. <laughs> and they are my deepest and greatest inspiration. Um, and I'm huge into painting cats. I've got a new book coming out called Painting Cats. Um, I also had a book called Painting Happiness. I do licensing. I used to work at Hallmark for four, 30 years. And let's see what else. Is that two minutes? That's perfect. Thank you. Uh, wow. <laughs> okay. You opened so many questions for me in that short amount of time. I can't wait to hear all I'm about I'm sure it's story. all about these cats. <laughs> Some of like 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining. Nina, how about you? Tell us a little about yourself. So I'm Nina. As you can see, it's also D-U-E-D. It's a name I go by for my artworks and art business and everything, but it's hard to pronounce. I'm an illustrator and pattern designer based in Belgrade. I license my artwork for various companies that bring them on fabric, clothing, stationery, books, packaging, and I don't even know. It's like various products that can have nice patterns and illustrations. And I'm also a teacher. And so far I have 18 classes on Skillshare uh, about creativity, illustration, and pattern design. And my biggest goal with all these classes is to give my students 
something I call self-sustainability. So it's not me giving you the recipe to do something. It's basically giving you a knowledge and sharing my experience so you can have the recipe that you can follow on your own. That's really incredible. That's that whole, you know, teaching to fish, right, mentality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Lauren, how about you? Give us a little intro. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren Leslie. Um, I'm a textile designer and surface pattern designer. Um, I actually got started as a fine art major in college and then sort of found textile design through working. I was a graphic designer first and then um, went on to join textile design and home decor in 2012. Um, so I've been working as a textile designer ever since then and launched my own business, Lauren Leslie Studio, in uh, 2019. Um, but yeah, I've been working as a textile designer and surface pattern designer ever since. Um, I have my fabrics or my artwork licensed on fabrics as well as some um, kind of home decor venues. I also teach. Finding an art style is kind of one of my passions. I've taught classes about textile design as well in the past, but um, yeah, I think finding an art style is so important for someone who wants to work independently. Um, and it's a little bit uh, opaque on how to figure out that process. So yeah, and I also have a YouTube channel here on YouTube. So <laughs> perfect. I've linked um, everyone's either like socials or YouTube website, whatever they wanted to share um, in the description. So if you're watching, feel free to open up another tab uh, and have a peek at the artwork and the courses and everything that these artists offer. But don't leave. Second tab. <laughs> all right, so uh, we are going to go on to a question that I'd also like all of you to answer. We'll just reverse the order this time. Uh, so Lauren, start with you. Um, what income streams do you have from your art? Feel free to mention numbers, but you don't have to. Just the types is fine. Yeah, so um, like I mentioned, I work as a textile designer and I work in the home decor industry. And in 2012, I started my own business. We actually moved to a new city for my husband's job. And so that's kind of when I went independent and started licensing and freelancing. And then kind of a long story short, I got pregnant and we were back in Atlanta at that point and um, we wanted to move to a nicer neighborhood and this and that. So I actually went back to a full-time job. So I'm still currently working full-time as a textile designer and rejoined um, the old company that I had worked with. But one of my kind of stipulations with that was that I wanted to continue doing licensing, keep continue my own business. So yeah, it was kind of a you know financial decision at that point. Um, so yeah, I have several different income streams, but the stability from a full-time job was just really beneficial. Also 401k, health benefits. And I have a video on my YouTube channel kind of explaining that decision going back to a full-time job. So yeah, I don't want anyone to feel bad if they're still working full time, like a lot of us make that decision for a lot of reasons. Uh, but yeah, just having a baby kind of, if I hadn't had a baby, I probably maybe wouldn't have made that decision. But yeah, we, um, we decided to make that decision to move to a nicer neighborhood, have that stability and, you know, for her, but I'm continuing to doing to do my licensing and work on my business as well. You know, I appreciate that realism because I think, you know, for a lot of people, it's maybe aspirational to be a full-time artist, but it is very often not the story, or at least not for many years if you're on that. So I think it's always interesting to have different voices um, on the podcast, different experiences. So thanks for sharing so openly. Of course. Nina, how about you? Well, my two 
main income streams are definitely teaching and licensing. You know, if it's uh, the question about art, then it will be just licensing and licensing to clients. And I'm not, I'm not selling on any POD side. I didn't, didn't go into it. So I'm just collaborating with clients. I also don't do custom projects. The schedule is just too much. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, it, it's the way I've kind of organized it. I have the portfolio for licensing and I do licensing and then I do classes. So having like custom projects from clients would be too much for the whole schedule. Yeah. I mean, you have to pick and choose, right? You can't do every single income. Stream. That's why it's so interesting for me to hear the mix of who's picking what and for what. Yeah. Reason. And I also start now, you now you reminded me, it's kind of hard to do a lot of stuff. I'm thinking like it, it definitely is. But, you know, I think when you establish one and then you can build upon the other. Absolutely. So now I kind of slowly started. I, I made like a new brush set which was just like, oh. uh, it was not even a, a business idea. It was like, I just want to make stamps, you know? I just got fascinated by stamps. So I thought, why not do digital stamps? So I made a brush set, and then I thought, I should just make more brush set. This is so, so fun, you know? So it is kind of starting to be an income stream, but it just needs years to become, like, let's say, sustainable main income stream. Right, and I'm assuming that's like Procreate or... or yes, yes, okay. yes. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, no, I totally agree with the income streams. I think it's like you almost need multiple for you to be able to sustain the business. But if you're trying to do 20 things at once, that's kind of what I meant with you have to limit it. But Oh, I yeah. know what you mean. <laughs> Artists are lucky enough to get by on, like, one. So. <laughs> oh, it would be perfect. Terry, <laughs> how about you? Yes, a lot of variety in my income stream. I um, worked at Hallmark for 30 years, and so I totally understand the corporate situation, and, and I was an artist there. So um, that was fantastic, having all those wonderful perks of having a full-time job. But in um, 2016, I decided to leave the company because I really wanted to work on these larger non-objective painting type things. <laughs> so I did that for a year, didn't make anything, and then had a personal crisis and thought I needed to go back to illustration. So I really didn't have a personal crisis, but I just made that up and uh, went back to creating lots of cats. My Instagram following started exploding. I don't know, this was maybe back in the day where those kinds of things were a little easier than they are now. And so most all of my income streams have come from my Instagram account, maybe some from YouTube, some from my Skillshare classes. I also have, so I'm doing the Skillshare thing. That's an income. I've got income from Teachable, which I sell individual classes on. And I've got books. I've got this one did very well. This came out a little bit ago. This is Painting Happiness. My new book that's coming out in September is uh, Painting Cats, believe it or not. I don't, don't understand why we named it why? that. Why? <laughs> very <laughs> odd. And, you know, I have uh, other books lined up that are coming, apparently. Uh, they maybe want a dog book. So that'll be interesting to do. I love painting characters. I license to fabrics. I license to lots of different things, card companies, calendars puzzles. I'm not going to cover them all. Kitchen stuff. Plus I have my online shops. I have Etsy and my website shop where I sell all these PODs, print on demand items with my artwork. But I also sell original work on my website. It's just from a lot of different places. And I think that's really important for artists to realize that we don't just have all our eggs in one basket. I mean, Instagram could blow up tomorrow and, I'm, and that would be my marketing down the drain. So I've spent a lot of time building an email list and uh, I'm actually on the other side of my big long career. And this is just all 
bonus for me really to, you know, what's most important beyond making money is sharing and helping people to, you know, break through those uh, barriers they have around creating their artwork and maybe learn how to paint a cat. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of it. That's, that's really impressive stuff. And I have to, I have this really important question though. Okay. How are your cats going to feel about that dog book? Have you had the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> I think some cats may show up in the dog book because I really love storytelling and cats are actually jerks and, and dogs are just like everybody's best friend. So I can see a lot of funny things going on in a dog book, although, you know, the, it'll build a sneak in there. You know, that's I just can't part of that. <laughs> so part of the MO. That's so cool. Um, so for those of you watching who don't know me either, I am very much at the beginning of my art career. Um, I have two tiny minuscule income streams, which is YouTube. It took me like three years to monetize and now I make a whooping 15 euros a month. No, but I'm actually, you know, this stuff is difficult. Like it takes time, it takes investment. So I'm actually still really happy and, and proud of like, okay, I've unlocked that door. Um, and then I opened my Etsy shop like three weeks ago or so. And the numbers there are a little better, um, but I also have to invest a ton to actually, you know, have the products made and stuff. So once you actually look at the profit, you know, it's okay. Um, but so that's at the very, very, very start. So I'm, I'm kind of the exact opposite probably of, of Terry as far as, you know, where I am on the path. Um, but I love having that variety. And now let us jump into the topic of the day a little more. And I'm going to ask this question. How long did it take you to develop your current art style and how did you arrive at it? And whoever wants to go first, just jump in. Well, I, I can start because I was really thinking about it. I was thinking, <laughs> is it, you know, is it even possible to kind of pinpoint? Because uh, I did this class about, um, about observe, I, I think it's called observing is learning and it is about finding your style. So one part of the class is literally just that, going back to childhood, going back to things you like, to your preferences. And then I kind of, you know, also reminded myself about, you know, some instances when I was a child, what I liked, what kind of artists did I like, you know, in high school, for example, I liked Matisse and um, Jean Miron. And then I also thought, I always liked you know, my style. If, if you saw my Instagram page or website is just my, the logic of the style is literally taking complex things. I mean, seeing complex things and then decompositioning them and then making them simple again, compositioning and making them simple. So that's like the basis and the logic of the style. So if I go back, you know, in high school, I started doing street art and I did stencils. So stencils is like, you just cut out something inside this plastic thing and then you spray it. And it's like literally printing in the city. And to do that, like you need to be fast so you don't get caught. <laughs> and, and the image you need to represent needs to be simple. It cannot have lots of lots of details. It needs to be very simple, very bold. And I always liked that. You know, so ever since I started kind of experimenting and the artists I like, it was always that kind of simplicity. And I was fascinated by, you know, how it how they make like perspective a bit shifting and not really real and you know i was never fascinated by hyperrealism or I, that was just my always my preference and i thought well it's like it started developing you know ever since i was born probably because that's literally what is style style is like 
you know, gathering of my preferences, visual preferences, you know, it's also like, what kind of living room do you want to have? Do you want it maximalist or you want it minimal with sharp lines? It's just like all these preferences are building and building. And then at this point, yes, my style looks like this because I worked, I practiced, I illustrated every day. I have now skills to represent what I want to represent. But it doesn't mean it's going to, you know, who knows what happens in 10 years. It's going to develop somehow because I'm going to work and work and experiment and get excited. And, you know, maybe it goes somewhere totally different or it just builds upon. But the point I wanted to make is that I thought I think that style is literally just like a logic of how you perceive the world and how you visually want to represent it. And you have the basis. But, you know, it's going to develop on how it looks today how it looks in 10 years, because your experience and skills and how you're um, improving and learning and whatever as an artist is going to, you know, have this visual representation. So that's my take on this uh, question. That's really, really interesting. So you do feel that something that's kind of like innate and a reflection of your own kind of tastes or things that you're drawn to is, is then also the thing that you reflect in your own art and your style. Yes, and I think like if you look at the street art I did, or if you look at my early illustrations, it it's not, you, you can say, okay, this is not same as I'm doing it now, but you can say see the same logic. It's not mm -hmm. like visually represented. I don't have like preferred colors or preferred, I actually also don't have such a great drawing skills because, you know, in a 20 years of drawing, your skills become, you know, the way you observe things becomes more sharp. You know, your brain just like picks up on all these things. You're also um, kind of broadening your preferences. So, for example, if my preference was this um, beautiful illustration when I was a kid, I can now look at that illustration and I can literally say, I know why I like it. It has this kind of composition. It has this type of um, negative space they make you know like they I can now literally understand why I like it and then I can say okay I want to improve my style um, not by copying the image but I'm going to use the logic they used so I'm improving then upon something I liked and it also goes with reference to that Pablo Picasso um, famous quote he said uh, which is uh, what was it? Good artists borrow or copy, mm -hmm. and then great artists steal, which is like sometimes I think misinterpreted. But my interpretation is if you copy, literally, this is just you copying someone's style. But if you steal, it's not stealing the art, it's stealing the idea. You're stealing like the way he solved the problem and obstacle. You're stealing the idea and then improving your own idea and making something else. So Terry has a few images prepared and I do of, of my own artwork. Um, and I don't know if I can like just agree with what you said from my own life, because you're going to look at my style and be like, what is going on? Like there is no like, oh, yes, this is consistent. Like, so I think maybe that's true for some people or maybe you can see something in it that I don't. But I think it's really cool that that is your story as far when as you, when you show your art, I'm going to grab one uh, paste up poster from high school and okay. you're, I'm going to put it next to this and you're going to say, no, it's that's not it. But then I will <laughs> you will see okay, that the cool. paste is the same. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thank you for sharing so much. Who wants to give their insight next? Um, I can. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Harmony, like my, I feel like in school, I started out with 
realism style because that's kind of what we were taught. Um, and I was actually an oil painter in in college. That was my major. So it was um, a lot more realistic. But, you know, I definitely was stylizing some elements of it. But I think one thing I've always been drawn to was color. So I feel like there are some things that are consistent with developing my art style even from an early age. Um, but yeah, it was kind of like going from this realism-ish style in oil painting and then being kind of thrown into a graphic design job where I had to think commercially and learn how to use uh, Illustrator, actually. So it wasn't even Photoshop, it was Illustrator and learn how to do things a lot more flat without um, too much volume. Um, but again, kind of bringing those fundamentals with me that I learned in terms of being able to draw, being able to have that composition that was interesting, color placement, um, bits of texture, things like that. Um, so all of those fundamentals definitely came into that very first like graphic design job that I had, but it was having to think more with a commercial brain. And from there, it was kind of figuring out, well, I never really loved graphic design. It was just, you know, in my day and age, like I didn't even know what surface pattern design was. I didn't know what textile design was. I went to um, a liberal arts school. So really like fine art was the only thing that I knew about. Um, and, you know, I, I'm from a small town. So everyone asked me, oh, like you're an art major. So you're going to teach like that like, was the only career path people really knew about. And I was kind of like, mm, like, I mean, I guess I could, but that's not really what I'm I want to do. Like I want to be um, have, you know, more of a progressive career. And the funny thing is now I do teach some online classes. But <laughs> but then, you know, it was, it was like around that time, I'm kind of showing my age. But that's when, um, you know, Pinterest, first came out like we didn't even have Pinterest when I was in school so when I first learned of Etsy uh, so it was I was starting to discover other artists that I was really inspired by and that might may have been illustrators at the time but also I learned about pattern design and I was like that's the thing like that's what I want to do and so I just practiced every night and like built up my portfolio um, yeah and I think that that helped me land an in-house job. Building my portfolio, I was able to do things that were commercially viable um, from honestly looking at other artists, again, not copying, but taking those same principles and the logic behind it. Um, like you said, that's a really good word, kind of the logic behind it and seeing like how this can be applied. And so that landed me an in-house job where I also learned a ton, you know? And I think that if you are really struggling to learn that commercial side, getting an in-house job can be really, really beneficial because you learn so much also about business. And so like, I think the art business side is what a lot of the artists struggle with as well. So I feel like my years um, in-house were really invaluable. The problem with working in-house for so long is that you kind of learn to do any style, right? Because you are fulfilling what the customer wants or a certain trend. Um, and so you become very flexible. And there may be certain styles that you're more drawn to than others, and there definitely are. But sometimes you start to lose a little bit of what's original to me. Um, by working in house or being by working in many different styles. And if you're like me, like I'm inspired by a lot of different things. Um, and there's a lot of different styles that I could do or enjoy doing. And so it was really when I went independent in 2019 for a few years that I was going to exhibit at Blueprint. Um, that's a trade show for those of you who might not know. And I needed a body of work to bring. Um, and I created about 90 pieces of work to bring to that trade show. 
And in that process was when I feel like I really started to develop my own style because I had to make those works cohesive. I couldn't just bring a bunch of random stuff that didn't go together because again, like sometimes you wanna sell a collection or a hero print with coordinates, things like that. Um, And so I feel like that process of going to the trade show is what really helped me develop my style. That actually took me about three months, but I had those foundational skills of, you know, going to art school, working in house. No, no. Yeah. About, yeah. I'll never, I had to whip it out. Anything like that. But you're doing watercolor. I was, Wow. (laughs) But again, actually, I think that speaks a lot to commercially viable artists as well, right? Like you need to be able to um, produce collections like that. And that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I think if you're trying to create 90 cohesive pieces, that would really cement a style, right? I mean, that's a lot of practice and focus. So that's a very good tip, even if someone's not going to a trade store. (laughs) And I don't, I don't keep up that um, same like schedule. Like I'm not creating that amount now, definitely not. But I think just the pressure of like, I have to get this done for this trade show. And like, I don't want to wait till the next year. Cause that's like, you know, if you want to do licensing, it already takes a long time to get a paycheck from that. So it was like, I have to get this done. So I just like, yeah, I really cranked it out. And like, not everything was like an amazing piece. And there were coordinates and things that I like. I work well with deadlines. So that makes total (laughs) sense to me. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. That's a really interesting path as well. Um, And and to kind of hear the pros and cons of of working in-house is an interesting perspective. Thank you. Terry, how about you? Um, should I bring up your images? Do you want to talk about those while you uh, ask questions? Well, how about a little bit further into it here? Because there's a lot okay. of stuff that happened before those images happened. All right. <laughs> um, I, I was pretty much a torture artist when I was younger. I, my mom was an artist and I, you know, kind of latched onto things. I think I had a lot of insecurities. I really never thought I was an artist and didn't know there was such a thing as a career in art. I, I don't know what I thought, uh, how I thought these... Saturday evening post illustrations were being done or, you know, I, I just didn't, it didn't clue in on me. So um, I did draw some then um, during, you know, before college uh, and experimented with different things and basically just didn't want to do it at all. I felt so insecure about everything I was doing. I just, it was having a very hard time with my self esteem. And I did hear about uh, illustration as a career and put together, cobbled together um, some drawings and different things to get into the school. It was San Jose State and they accepted me and I was wishing the school would burn down as I drove there. I was just, you know, anyway, got there, spent, I didn't graduate till I was 29, started in 26. I was a late bloomer and Hallmark hired me from school. So talk about, a jack of all trades. I totally get it. I mean, I, yeah. I basically, I really struggled. I thought I had to find a style like a lot of us do. We, I kind of learned that, um, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to, I wanted a comfort zone because I was so uncomfortable creating. Mm-hmm. I used to do hyper-realism, um, you know, a lot of drawing classes and mm-hmm. I never felt like I was great at drawing. I mean, it was, it took too long. All the paintings I did were so detailed that it, it just felt like it was kind of almost torturous. And when I was working at Hallmark, uh, you know, I was still sort of, you know, I started off as a redesign artist, actually an associate redesign artist where I took, this is before the computer came into Hallmark. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So that was back in, I started there in 1986. Okay. Let's age ourselves. And um, I'm just 65 now. So just so you're not trying to add up anything. (laughs) Um, So redesign artists. Yeah. So associate redesign artists. So I was working on artwork that other artists did to change a birthday to a Christmas or, you know, whatever, whatever they wanted me to do. I was also doing uh, from start, start to finish where I wasn't working on another artist's work, but I was emulating their work. So I was doing all kinds of different things. And I really wanted to get in as an original artist. So I started turning in lots of projects and stuff. Um, I was really good at ideating from just, I would look at, you know, this was, I don't know if Pinterest was yet a thing at that point or not, but I was big into researching. I was actually just absolutely addicted to researching and looking at other artists' work and playing with things and trying stuff. So I'm hoping I'm not gonna make this too long. So then I went to Hallmark and I did all these different things. And eventually, unbeknownst to me, I mean, like other people told me, they started, they were seeing it. Oh, you have a style. And I was like, what the heck? I have no idea. Uh, Other people had to let me know they saw my hand in my work. And so that was curious. And at that point, I was starting to do a whole lot more inner reflection and um, getting a broader vision, vision of who I am and realizing the art I did didn't mean anything about my worth. So that started really freeing me up. And um, that's where the whole switch to this creative encourager came in because I know so many people struggle with, they got to find that style. They got to hone it in. You know, the goal is comfort. The goal is, you know, once I get there, then I can just glide or whatever. Uh, And that's what I did because of my own struggles. So yeah, I'm trying to help people to uh, recognize that they start with a full plate. They, it, you know, it whatever they're going to do is is just coming, and you know, part of the bonus of life is to be able to create. But it has nothing to do with my happiness and worth. I tried all kinds of things. Cats were showing up, dogs, any animal, bears. I, I was doing everything for Hallmark, and then I started towards the time when I thought. I might want to try something else. I was painting those, these large scale paintings back here, uh, non-objective paintings with Nicholas Wilton as a class. At, and I retired in 2016. Um, and, and like I said, I did this for a year and, and I was doing cut paper. I mean, at Hallmark, we did everything. We did cut paper. Uh, we learned the computer finally. So a lot of Photoshop, you know, my style was all Photoshop and Procreate for a while. There was still some something in there that, it looked like something I did, but I don't know how it happened. I, you know, I worked really hard to think I could get it to happen and that never worked. It happened because I was doing a lot. I was creating every day. I started doing those hundred day challenges on Instagram and, um, you know, started off with cut paper and I, you know, kind of went into all kinds of different things. Um, I was really trying to get my hands off computers uh, and get my hands into paint again. So uh, I mostly do watercolor now with uh, mixed media and uh, occasionally play with gouache or, you know, once in a while pick up my iPad to do some Procreate. Um, So the images you're going to see are kind of back. I think they start in 2012. And I was still at Hallmark and I started just drawing because I never did work for myself. I was just trying to do stuff that spoke to me, but I felt like I couldn't put a smile on anything really. And cats are really good to do grumpy faces. So um, I started doing these cats and different things with people and 
well, obviously fish. And then, you know, I don't, the cat on head thing, cat on head Wednesdays, um, this was still in my sketchbook. I bring them into my Photoshop and, and add all the color and texture and all that stuff. Um, so I, I don't know. One day I was sitting at the table at Hallmark. We always got together for lunch to, to play with paint and stuff. And I deemed it cat on head Wednesday. And I decided to start to do cat on head Wednesday. So most of these images uh, have that type of thing going on. This is in gouache. Um, I don't know the years on these because I can't see those that information. This is all uh, washi tape and mixed media. I did a 100 day project project with washi tape. This is a, some of my early Procreate work where I was doing very designy, you know, highly influenced by retro stuff. And I really had fun with that. And then I started playing in my sketchbook or actually it was just reams of paper and doing watercolor, women and cats, silly women, cats. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is like a little contrast of what I was messing around with. I've done several of these um, artists. I, I'm very good at um, drawing a likeness from something I'm looking at. So I'm really conscious of that. I look at research. I This obviously I looked at a lot while I was painting at Van Gogh, but um, I, I use research as a, like a jumping off for inspiration. And it's never one piece. It's like I have these Pinterest boards and I'm looking at it all. And as soon as I see something that kind of gives me that feeling, I jump in with art. Because of my addiction to researching, I could spend weeks researching and get nothing done. So I just I take the spark and I go with it. So I did a series on these old masters with cats on head. And then obviously just the girls with cats. The one on the left is watercolor. The one on the right has got cut paper. Incredible. Let me just try to see. I know you sent me all those attachments. Um, if I can get the years here for you. Um, I won't well, it's 2012 to... on, so it's sort of that okay. uh, that kind of yeah. It's sorted in that order. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. These were from 2023. Yeah, that's very cool. I, I really love seeing that evolution. And sorry, I'm just clicking through backwards here again for everyone to have another peek. But I think it's so interesting that you have that core story or, you know, the core type of image that you're doing um, and then really see different style and skill and everything evolve. I think that's fascinating over, you know, that's like over a decade, right? So. Yeah, yeah. And once I left Hallmark, I started putting smiles on some of my cats. <gasps> I, I, so I got this thing where I thought if I do a smile on a cat, then it's a greeting card and, and that's not good with Hallmark. So, I mean, Hallmark would never say that, but I thought that's how I could get away with doing what I'm doing outside of Hallmark, which oh, that's is silly. So funny. Silly thinking. Lots of silly thinking. <laughs> so I, just wanted to, I just wanted to jump into what Terry said about, um, because it just reminded me when you said like, oh, like uh, they, they're all saying like, this is you, this is your style. And you're like, what? <laughs> is it? You, oh, and they, and they also have that like, oh, I, I knew this was yours. I'm like, really? Because I think also when remind myself, for example, let's say six, seven years ago, it had this pressure of, you know, this kind of, I need to have, it needs to be cohesive. It really needs to be cohesive, but I'm still experimenting. I do have like the idea of what I want to have, but it's not, it's not getting there. You know, it's, I see it's not getting there, but I'm still happy of what I'm creating. But in my mind, you know, it's still not cohesive. And then I, I, I remember having that pressure of, you know, how am I going to get there? You know, what should I look? What should I do? How can I be, I don't know, rational or, or perceptive 
let's say, perceptive about it. And then when I was um, thinking about it now, because, yeah, when I look at it now, it, it is, it really is cohesive. It just happened. And it's like, you know, how did it happen? By You know, it's like magic. <laughs> and then um, I remember, because I used to teach languages after I finished faculty, and then somebody would ask me, like, what's the best way to learn a language? And I would say, well, okay, like you can learn, you know, some logic of the grammar, but the best way to learn a language is like, if you want to learn French, you just open a French movie, but it needs to be older one because uh, it, people will speak French more slow. It, it will be slow. And then you put a subtitle in English and then you catch really simple sentences. So you start with s sentence that has like two words and then three words. And then you read the subtitle and then you repeat the sentence and then you repeat the sentence and then you just repeat. It doesn't mean, you, you know, you're re reading the subtitle, which means that you know what it means, but your brain literally is capable of learning a language because you, you were born, you learned your own native language. You have the logic of how languages function. So it's like, it's the thing of also what Terry said. She started doing these challenges 30 or 100 day. I'm not sure if I caught it, but it, 100, it was a 100 day project. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it is that kind of, you know, daily drawing. I, if I don't know how to draw a horse, I'm going to go and see references. I'm going to draw realistic horses because I'm going to practice. I need to visually observe, you know, where are the legs, how long is the torso, uh, you know, in comparison with the head, you know, how does it look from this? I, I just don't know how to do it. They need to practice. So it's going to look ugly. Some will look better. And then I'm going to try, okay, I now know how to realistically draw a horse. Now let's try to do my kind of, you know, game, which is like always fun. Let's see how I can simplify it. You know, let's see how I can do it in one color, and with just one line, you know, how can I do it? So it basically becomes like a challenge and a game. And I just do it as a practice. And then, you know, I don't know, a month later, I need to draw a horse for something. I just do it. It's like, I'm an all, it's like you let your brain go on autopilot. You let yourself experiment. You're drawing, enjoying, doing these daily practices or projects. And then all of a sudden, it just all fits because it, it's in a way you're observant of what you're doing and you're experimenting and testing and finding what you like or finding, you know, the style that excites you. So when you find what excites you, you know, and the things you're experimenting and they're working, you repeat and then you repeat and then you repeat and then you probably, you know, kind of expand on it and then you improve on it. And then you figure it out. It's just like you wake up and you just, it is by magic, like because on, your brain is on autopilot learning and observing and doing. And then you get to stop. <laughs> it's a recipe. <laughs> no, I think it's, it's so key though, right? It's, I think it is all that repetition, that practice, challenging yourself to, you know, try to approach things maybe a different way. Like you said, limit yourself in some way to, to push um, what you might, usually do. I, I think all those tips are really, really helpful for someone that's struggling with uh, finding their style. Thanks for sharing. I think, those. I think that, you know, style kind of sneaks up on you. You, I tried to force it. I mean, I really like no, no. went through this phase where I was going to the, you know, if I saw an artist I'd like, I'd try to do their style. And I was kind of really trying to put myself in a box. Yeah. And regardless of that, you know, my style kind of, it's part of who you are. It's okay. sort of just it, it is a natural thing, but you you won't know it until you just do a lot. You know, you're, exactly. it's a lot of creativity. And the more fun you can have doing your artwork, the more your style is going to show up. I mean, you can't go at it begrudgingly. I mean, I don't always love working on artwork. 
I, but I do it anyway. And as I'm working, sometimes those pieces become the best pieces I've done because I, like you said, Nina, something in me takes over and I know not to listen to that critical voice that's coming up because I know it's just repetitive thinking that, you know, habits of thought. Um, I just let those go and keep going. And sometimes it just turns into a mess, but that's, you know, you learn so much from that too. Yeah. It's your right. mess. That's nobody else's <laughs> mess. <Definitely. Yeah. laughs> look different, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. very cool. I love that. Um, we actually have quite a few people watching us live today, which is very exciting. So I'm going to throw up another audience question here as well. So while we're chatting away, um, if you are watching, why don't you let us know in the chat, what do you struggle with the most when it comes to finding your art style? Maybe we're able to address some of those concerns. And while you're typing away, um, I am going to give a little bit of my background as well. Um, and I almost feel like I did it backwards, like when I see everything that the way you've got about it. Um, I, when I was like a kid, high school kid, I really wanted to be an artist. And I was so intimidated by the people that I deemed to be good artists who decades later, I realized they just had that much more practice. Um, you know, they were doing it since they were a kid, but I was in class next to them and I'd look at this like, you know, hyper-realistic hand or something that they drew and there was my like, you know, stick figure. And I'm like, well, I just, I guess I just didn't have talent. Um, and I still tried. I didn't, I didn't even realize this whole like art portfolio and art school, like I had nothing to show, so I could never apply. But I did go to a liberal arts school and I started as a studio arts minor. I was still like a little conservative. Let's not do the major. Okay, let's just you know tack on the minor and then I realized how much work it was again because especially because I didn't have a lot of the skill and so I just gave up and I, I quit on it and I just did my major because I was like I can't be up until three in the morning every night drawing a shoe like it's just it's not worth it in my opinion it wasn't right um, but I always had this thing in me I just like wanted to make art be an artist um, so I'll show you kind of where I started. So this is a screen grab from 2008 uh, when I did like an open studios kind of thing. Uh, when I lived in Wisconsin, I was like on some local news representing not my art, like the whole event. Uh, but you can see it was like super abstract, like acrylics with um, spray paint, things like that. So that's kind of where I started. Um, and my story is like, I'll always take a break if there's like a big move or like work gets too busy or something, then all of a sudden there's this huge break of two to three years. Uh, and then I pick it back up. So I think this was like three years later, again, this like style, just like really much more. Um, well, yeah, if you know my style now, it's like, I don't see anything in common with it whatsoever. <laughs> but I loved this. I really had fun. And I lived in San Francisco at the time and it was super cool because they had tech shop. It's closed down, it went bankrupt, but it was this amazing facility where you have like multi-million dollars worth of machinery and you could take a little course to learn each machine. And so I got really into like the laser cutter and I wouldn't just cut, but I would like write poems and have them like edged into the plexiglass and things. And then I would put that on top of photographs that I'd taken that I would like spray paint on and layer it all. And it would end up looking something like this and like, I had so much fun with it. I really, really loved it. Um, I would try to like get it to sell. I like rented out this little gallery space and like, it was just, it was so, 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 so much fun. I loved this phase um, and I still loved it, but I couldn't really get it to sell. And looking back now, I realized that I don't think my art was 
bad. It was that I'm really bad at marketing and I still have not figured out how to make that work. But whenever I would hit a roadblock, then I would think, well, my art's not good enough. So let me try something else. And I would like fold and start completely new. So then you can see here, I went into flowers, which yes, I consider art. So um, I had this little like wedding business. I did a lot of freelancing and I really like learned how to create flowers. I would do these flat lays. I loved it. But again, I was like, this is not sustainable. Every time I try to create an image for Instagram, I have to throw down how many hundreds to buy the flowers. You know, I'm not making this money back. So I gave up. And now, oof, okay. Not not my best work, uh, but this was like in 2018, I decided, okay, girl, you're finally going to learn how to draw. Like I really actually wanted to learn how to paint, but someone told me that I had to learn how to draw first. And that was a real bummer. But um, so then I started that and this is watercolor, which I do now. So this is, you know, quite a few years ago. And you can see I had no idea. Everything's like muddy, messy. I had no idea what I was doing. But this is where I started. And this is kind of what goes back to what all of you said, just with practice, right? So you just have to put in the time. So I continued, I continued, like this is very rudimentary and not because it's a stylized thing. It's just because like I couldn't do it any better <laughs> at the time. Super simple stuff, not stuff I'm happy with. Like this face is all just like, I look at it and I think it's so bad. But I think that's part of the, like you have to get through the bad art to get <laughs> to your style and get to the good art so practice 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 i even tried like urban sketching or but i was so embarrassed to be outside and have people see this work that i didn't think was good so i stopped that <laughs> and then eventually i actually got good and i'm gonna stop it here because it's a ton of images but i thought i wanted to do like picture book illustration but while i was in one of those courses it was like it was so hard for me and i realized that i was forcing something that I thought I wanted. And that like, in this course, I'm like, why is this so difficult? Why am I so far behind? Why is like, I just cannot do it. Why is it taking me like a month to do one page? You know, what is happening? And I realized it's just really not aligned with my strengths or like who I am as a, as a person. And because I found this joy in drawing the background. Like, I remember I was drawing an ice cream for the background and I was like, this is so much fun. Like, I love doing this, drawing food or flowers or like just these objects that aren't a whole scene. And that's just what lit me up. And so ever since then, if you look on my Instagram or like, you know, back here, that's that's what I love to do. And that's OK for me It's if it's more like commercial or just like you know, pretty things that don't necessarily tell this whole story and aren't, you know, 32 images that go together. I admire that, but it's not me. Um, and so that was really, really fun to kind of accidentally stumble across my style in that way, just by taking all these different courses, you know, trying all sorts of different mediums and then being like, wait, this is just, it almost at that point then came like handwriting. Like it, it's, all of a sudden, the paintings were a lot better. I was really having fun. And um, so I really, really think it is a lot about practice and just trying out different things. But I will also say that looking back at my florals and looking back at like the laser cut stuff, I actually really still love it. <laughs> and it is a lot more of like maybe like my again, like how my apartment usually would look and things like that. Um, so that's what I thought was so interesting. You know what you said, you know, what you surround yourself with yourself because I love painting this 
but it's not how my life looks, if that makes sense. You know, it's I not, see. I don't live in like a cottage core, you know, I have, <laughs> like, I have well, like, it's very different. So I thought that was really interesting. And I have to say, I don't know if I'm always going to stuck with this. And I, I know I'm not always going to stick with it. Like it's already developing into something else again. So I think I just have of- to share truth with everybody. I do patterns. I love making patterns, but all my clothing is not patterned. I like I like just white t-shirt. I just like no or if I do have a pattern, I would like to make it completely extreme. You know, I want a shirt and then on top and everything in the same. I would I would go completely crazy. But I usually just don't have patterns in myself. I love looking at but like, actually wearing them makes me feel so like I don't know I'm centered like I need something solid. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So that yeah, that's definitely it. Um, I just wanted to um, add upon um, what Terry said um, about forcing yourself to kind of because I also read a bit of a comments uh, from people. If that's okay, just yeah, to go back to that. Um, you know, because I when she said about you know forcing yourself, putting yourself in a box to to do that style. I know a lot of people do that. Me as well. It's like I need to you know how do I how to just pressuring yourself, and then also comparing yourself is also what you said about going to school and everybody drawing mm-hmm. like this yeah. and. I'm, for example, somebody who did graphic design and I did drawing. I know how to I know how to observe and draw. I did have lessons, but that was high school. And then I finished actually and uh, have master in languages and teaching. So I didn't do uh, it didn't go to applied arts um, faculty or how it's called. So basically, like my art is literally just me doing street art and doing my own stuff. (laughs) That's how it began. But anyways, uh, what was I saying? What was this? Yes, comparing yourself with others. So. It's one thing to get inspired, right? You see things on Pinterest, and I know you you get you get into this rabbit hole. You like somebody's art, and you're like, "Wow, like this is the style. I really like it. Like, how do I do that?" But what Terry said is like, you cannot because you are so unique. Like your experience of life, what you visually see, what you want to draw, what excites you, and I think that's the most important part. What makes what you know, like what what's the most interesting and what brings you fun and joy literally that's what i like you know if we're gonna sit and do something i want to actually the best thing i like is doing some illustration i think the last one was i did some hands and they were all kind of crazy and running around and i thought i was just laughing at it i just finished that illustration and i was just laughing with myself like this is you know, like this is so good <laughs> this is so funny like, you know so i'm having fun with myself drawing so i think you know at some point it's like all these things in you or need just to get out and then you need to actually say to yourself well I'm going to turn off Pinterest I'm going to turn all these references I'm going to just keep what inspires me I'm going to keep it in my mind what inspires me but I'm going to literally just see what I'm going to discover when I sit by myself and have fun literally and in a way also like we're you know comparing yourself with others is actually just makes no sense because first of all we're all equal we're not better I'm not better than anybody and nobody's like worse than me. We're all just equal and we're all, you know, on a path. I'm I'm here on my path, you're here on your path and just we're on different paths. So at this stage I'm at, maybe, you know, you think my art is amazing, 
but maybe I think I need to develop it further because I'm just here, just going to continue going. And so it makes no sense to actually make any comparisons. So a good thing to remind yourself while you're discovering your art style or ex experimenting is that like this kind of challenges you're putting yourself, the ugly phase, you know, and while you're doing your artwork, there is always an ugly phase. And then, you know, there is this kind of final success and that's your win at this moment you're at, literally. And also I'm just finished. I, of course I didn't finish. I'm, <laughs> it's going to take one month more, but I finished like the biggest part of uh, my class filming and I'm doing um, a sort of experimental documenting. So what I did this time, I thought there is so much misrepresentation of, you know, like, on Instagram and social media, you just see my final artwork and you think, oh, it's oh, everything is easy for Nina, you know? This is beautiful, like that's the final one. But you just never see the struggle, you know? The struggle of me kind of thinking, well, even though I do have a style, I'm still kind of thinking, is this, you know, really cohesive? Is it not? Do you want to go this way or this way? Uh, am I going to change this? You know, all these doubts and all these challenges. So I thought what I'm going to do is literally turn on the camera, start sketching, and I'm going to turn on the camera until I finish the whole pattern collection. <laughs> and I think I have like, you know, like six, 60 hours of filming now <laughs> to be edited <laughs> and then you're going to also see the phase where I'm oh this is it this is it oh, I like this I'm going to do everything in this style and then tomorrow I'm like no no I'm not going to do that I'm going to do something else I'm going to throw away all this you know all these kind of ups and downs and also finding actually the style because for this collection I was working on which is going to be all incorporated in into the final class I was actually struggling to find the style. And it's not like it's going to be, you know, is it going to be hyper-realistic or this? No, of course, it's going to be in the range of the style I do, but it needs to be cohesive for the whole collection. I need to pick the colors to get the some sort of vibe. I need to see whether I'm going to go more detailed and le or less detailed, what kind of symbols I'm going to use. You know, how do I refine this language? So it literally took me the most time it took me was to figure it out. And then when I had one pattern, it just sparked something. And I thought, okay, this is it. Now I have literally one pattern that is perfect. And in the style I want, it has all the rules I want to follow. And now I'm using this as my reference, literally as a style reference. And I'm going to say, I'm going to compare all the other patterns in a collection to it and develop everything. So also a good exercise for a style is definitely developing also with something what Lauren uh, said about her doing 19 cohesive things for blueprint. blueprint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because that's like so good because you are more observant to make it cohesive. You need a collection. It can be a pattern collection. If you're illustrated, it can be a set of illustrations like Terry did with all these. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you get this idea and then just do the whole collection. And I remember my first painting exhibition, that was actually the part of the moment where I had to, I had an exhibition and I had to make something that is cohesive. So that was the first time I thought, oh my God, I need to, this needs to, this needs to work in, you know, in a space. I need to get this thing together. Yeah. I think it's really easy to uh, get bored and give up on an idea or, you know, sometimes I just struggle with like crossing that finish line. So I think having like an exhibition to do or a book that you're putting together or some kind of deadline, like mine was the trade show, um, some kind of a deadline where you're like, I have to create this body of work, not just like a couple of random pieces, but I have to create a body of work 
that actually goes together. Sometimes that can be like some healthy pressure to really create a style or a collection that, you know, feels cohesive and goes together and is using like a similar color palette or just, you know, some of the stylistic elements that really bring the whole collection together. Yeah. I, I really like what you're all saying too about kind of having your own reference. Like once you find yeah. something that, you know, you kind of think this is what I want everything to look like. This is what I'm loving. This is the style I, I do want to present um, to refer back to that. So instead of, you know, just having all these outside references, have your own, you know, guiding star within your art of, hey, this is what, you know, I'm working towards. That's, that's an interesting idea. Um, I'm going to pop up the next question uh, for everyone. But um, before I do that, while we are discussing the next question, if you're watching, feel free to put in your questions as well in the chat. If there's any questions you have about finding your art style, uh, we usually end on that. So we're going to do one more questions here that I've prepared, and then we will get to the audience questions. Um, so I'm going to kind of mix two questions. The first will display here and I'll add the second one <laughs> for time reasons and merge that. But so I'm before wondering, we do this, before we yes. do this, can I just oh, say, sorry. I, I just got an alert from our energy uh, company saying that power is going to be out here, which will be unfortunate, but I wanted to let you know if I all of a sudden leave, it's not personal. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you. it won't hit my house. Okay. Oh, goodness, goodness, goodness. You All may right. continue now. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to make this fast. Um, well. so what I would love to know is whether you think it's crucial for artists who want to build an art business to have a consistent art style, because I know, again, some people have like lots of different things that they like to do, and they struggle with focusing on one. Um, if you, you know, think it's crucial why? Um, and then also, if you do think it's important for an artist who wants to run an art business of some type to have a consistent style, what do you think they can do to try to develop that? Anything, uh, if there's anything you haven't mentioned yet, anyone want to take a stab at this one? I will. Um, yeah, I do think it's really important to um, have a consistent style, especially if you want your name to be like known for something, right? Like if you think about your, especially if you're doing licensing or something like that, where your name is going to be on the artwork, um, especially in that genre, I think that, you know, having an art style that's consistent, that's recognizable is really going to help you kind of build that legacy for your art, you know, after you're gone, because <laughs> we're all going to like, you know, be gone from this earth at some point. And, you know, being able to, I've worked with licensors who, you know, are from the past in the home decor industry. And it's really cool to be able to see people's art live on like long after they're gone and that it's just like kind of classical. And of course it has its own style and it's recognizable, but it still has that like commercial appeal and people still love it. So for me, that would be a personal goal. But um, yeah, I do think it's important to have your own art style. That doesn't mean that you can't be a good designer without one. I think that, you know, you can still work as a designer doing freelance work or even licensing, but maybe it's not what you want to put your name on. Maybe it's more um, kind of under a private label or something like that. But yeah, I do think it's important. <laughs> well, I'll chime in with my point of view. Um, I think it's important to have something you're kind of bringing to the table that can mm -hmm. be associated with you. But I think it's real critical not to get bogged down in that, particularly when you're starting out, you know, to experiment and play with all kinds of different things. Mm -hmm. that's how we find out what we love. You know, we pay attention. Mm -hmm. I do have a discovering your art style class through daily creating on um, both Skillshare and Teachable. And I didn't know any of this when I started out. I, like I said, I was so hyped up and getting that style going so that I could be the style, right? And I wish I'd known that 
I mean, luckily I worked for Hallmark for a while, so I got to try a lot of different things and there wasn't, you know, they weren't, they were trying to, you know, I was trying to get a style, but at the same time they wanted you to be a jack of all trades. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I, I was just doing everything, anything that they put in front of me, I would try. And then, you know, after a while I started doing a lot of projects where we submitted stuff and that turned the tide to more towards what does Terry want to bring to the table that we can write to? Or, you know, it became more about, less about the assignment that was given me that I'm going to do this style and more about, let's see what comes forth from her and, you know, and the, you just build that up over time. And yeah, I, like I said, I think forcing a style is, gets people caught in kind of like a vicious circle where they're, they just, they're not listening to what lights them up. Like you were talking about uh, harmony. Um, they're not listening to what you know, gives them that sense of, oh, I'm excited about this. I really want to try that, you know, or like for me, my, I usually stories and things show up and the, the painting process itself is where the ideas come from. It becomes a thing where while I'm painting, I see that it, it's like it shows itself. I, you know, I have nothing to do with it. I'm just kind of, I'm just showing up and doing this. And then it starts to inform me about where it's going to go. Um, and that kind of excitement and enthusiasm and joy in the process doesn't come if I'm trying to hone in, if I'm trying to fit myself in a box, you know, doing a drawing before I do, I mean, sometimes I'll do a thumbnail uh, when it's a complicated layout, but I don't, that the idea of doing a painting with an actual layout is like the kiss of death. That, that leaves me no room to just let it happen, to, to see what the painting's gonna, where the painting's gonna take me. So, you know, I, I do admit, you know, this was after 30, 40 years of trying really hard to find a style that I let go of that. And, you know, I think people can do it sooner than 30 or 40 years. Uh, if they have a sense of that is going to come for you naturally, the more you play, the more you enjoy what you're doing. You know, just notice, pay attention, see what's resonating with you. I don't have a clue whether or not I just answered the question. Uh, so uh, you did, no. you did. No, and and I appreciate the the different perspective too, and and I think it is I, th I think it's both, right? It's like you want to have a career with an art business, uh, so there are some realities and some limitations and some things that are going to work better for you than others. But also getting crazy hung up on it, especially if you haven't yet developed a ton of skill. Like I do think there is a certain amount of time that you have to invest to develop skill before you e can even really think about, oh, is this the style that I want to do? It's like the, just the basic skills of uh, learning how to draw or even if you don't want to do re realism, you know, just just doing a lot of repetition, trying different approaches, I think, and then you can figure that out. And, and for me, I also feel like I want to rush it, you know? So even though like it's when you're trying to learn a skill and you're trying to develop a style at the same time, I think it, it's frustrating. So I, I think it's, you have to, like I said, kind of be kind to yourself and maybe not put that pressure on, but then also be realistic about like, okay, maybe my first year trying to learn how to become an artist is not going to be the year that I sell 20 collections to someone, you know? So it's, right. it's just having that realistic expectation. And maybe it's not 30 or 40 years, but probably more yeah. than a year. <laughs> I think, I think uh, going, not going back to what we've been talking about, but uh, for me, I don't want to say practicing mindfulness, but being 
fully present with the process and whatever that mind is doing around style and uh, I got to get better at this technique. I got to blah, blah. That is stuff to just let it go on by and focus back in because that you're in my experience, my heart and creativity doesn't necessarily come from my intellectual mind. It comes from that part of myself that's more relaxed and just letting it happen and flowing. So I do agree having skills is really important. And I spent a ton of time learning tons of stuff on how to paint with watercolor, acrylic, gouache, the Procreate, Photoshop, just, you know, all that stuff. And um, yeah, I just, you know, we all kind of wish we had gotten it or sooner, but <laughs> for me, I decided to go on the long run, long haul on uh, learning things. Um, so yeah, I, you know, I like to share around that because I don't think it necessarily has to take that long. But I also think part of the journey, like it's beautiful. I think sometimes we wish for this end point of like, once I get yeah. there, yeah. you know, but then you're going to look back and like, I look back at, you know, I was doing abstract art in 2008 and it's like, I had fun the whole right. way. And yeah. I probably had more fun if I wasn't, I was so impatient about like, oh, this needs to become a profitable business. I need to, you know, if I had yeah. just slowed down and enjoyed myself more in the process, I think I probably would have just won more. There, there would have been yeah. no negative aspect yeah. about having more fun and letting go. Yeah. And also the thing, yeah, uh, what you just said, Harmon, is like, and even now, like when you do have a style, it, I personally, I do enjoy it, but it doesn't mean I want to, if I stop enjoying it, I'm just going to move on you know i'm if i stop enjoying um doing this kind of things and i i don't know m maybe i won't but who knows maybe i do i i will just develop something new i will just go into that route it doesn't mean you need to be um stuck on whatever you have because like you have just like a whole life to experiment and also what terry said like to just enjoy what you're doing that's the whole point of of art of course there is like the whole business side but i think like it just we all need to be reminded as artists that 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 is why you do art i i sometimes think i i you know i i draw and illustrate and i find out many more things about myself while i do that and that's why i, I love doing it and in a way, you know, I was always kind of thinking, right, yeah, you need to, you know, there is this whole thing, like, you need to have the style so companies know, like, who to work with, you mm -hmm. need to just go to one thing and to have that. And I had, like, a problem, not regarding style, but regarding, like, my own um, growing up and figuring out what I want to do in life, because I never wanted to do one thing. I just always wanted to do many things. I wanted to... And then people would ask me, so what are you doing? And I said, do you have time for me to explain? It's just like I do like five or seven things. I'm not, you know, I'm not just one. I, you know, I, for example, did like the street art. Then I used to sew clothing or on uh, backpacks. And then I did, um, I was writing a book. I wanted to be a writer. I did have a published novel. So I thought, you know, it's just like all just different kind of things. And I was also at some point doing um, graphic design, web design, copywriting. So it's just like, I, I like all these things. And then, you know, why do I need to be just one? And then I, when I started also doing classes, I thought, this is it. Like, this is me writing. This is me teaching something I also love doing. And I, I finish actually faculty about you know, being a teacher and I'm doing art. So I can, I can combine all these things into what I do. And it's also the thing about style. You, know, you can do all these things you want to do. You just need to find a way to make it in a way cohesive. It doesn't need to have to be stopped from doing something. Also, you can, you know, have two, if you, if you cannot choose from two different styles, you can go along and have two. 
I think nothing is stopping you. If you're enjoying doing that and you want to want clients to ask you to do that kind of work, I just suggest don't promote something you don't want to do. You know, right. don't. Good, good idea. <laughs> <laughs> because they will ask and you'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, oh, go ahead. No, no, please. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, yeah, it's exactly that, you know, don't promote something that, you know, you're, you don't want the work for, or it's like, I still have those, um, you know, realism skills from art school, from growing up. And I do still enjoy like drawing a portrait or, you know, doing a pencil drawing that is a more realism style, but I'm not going to put that out there, you know, on my Instagram, because I don't want to do commissions. It's also like such a departure from, you know, maybe I would post it to my stories or something, but like, if someone's going to see my Instagram profile, like I do want it to look a little bit cohesive and be more about my licensing work. So I think focusing in on that, but yeah, I mean, agreed with everything that y'all are saying. I think if, you know, we all wrote the same word, we're all going to have different handwriting, right? But we still have those fundamentals of like, we know what the letters are. We know how the letters are supposed to, you know, the shapes of the letters. We know how to hold the pencil. We know how to write in a somewhat straight line, you know, from left to right. So like there's certain rules that we follow and yet our, our handwriting would all look different. And I think that's a very good example for an art style. Like we know the fundamentals of color. We may apply it in a different way. We know kind of the stylistic um, principles and artistic elements, the visual elements of, you know, composition and texture and line and shape and all those things that play into an art style. But we're going to apply them all a little bit differently. And yeah, coming from the heart, I mean, it's so true. Like, you have to have a little bit, you have to feel a little bit relaxed or you're not going to enjoy the process and you're going to feel the most relaxed in, you know, a space that feels the most natural to you. So whether it's, you know, Harmony, you talking about, you know, the early work that you did, if that's part of it, or if it's the watercolor, you know, for me, it was like, I kind of got tired of looking at a screen all day, especially after so many years working in house. And so now it's like the end of the day, I've been on the computer all day, like that's kind of what's gotten me away from digital art and sort of back to, um, you know, getting in there with my hands with gouache or some kind of paint or drawing like I'm picking up my art supplies again um, and so that's also played into my style so I think it, it can evolve and will evolve throughout your life but like you know like everyone mentioned other people can kind of come and say oh yeah I can tell that you did that and that that's your style like I've had people say that to me as well and like oh okay cool but um but yeah I think feeling relaxed um, working from the heart but also having kind of a critical eye not to be, you know, negative, but just to say like, okay, this is cohesively, you know, going together um, and having a little bit of just being able to analyze it. It's kind of like going to an art critique in college where, you know, if you can kind of like check your ego a little bit, you might actually like learn something. You can feel open to getting feedback that's just going to improve your work. And so I think being able to do that for yourself is also important. That's Yeah, that's an interesting take to, even if maybe you haven't uh, been able to go to art school to, you know, try to get critiques uh, from maybe other professional artists or um, I'm sure there's some kind of coaching option. I, I, it can be kind of brutal. I've definitely had feedback before too, but it's usually true. <laughs> And, you know, it's just, again, if you're trying to get to a professional level, there's going to be, you know, a certain level that you're going to have to reach if it's not just a hobby. So I think that's that's really good um, feedback as well to take in. One quick thing, um, which is that I think if you 
I think it's cool if you have different styles, if you have multiple styles, if you want to switch styles. But I do think just from a consumer perspective, uh, from the artists I love, like if you do that, it's this interesting situation because as an artist, you are a person and a business. So it's yeah. kind of like it's one and the same. And I think for the audience, like just be prepared. I've seen quite a few artists um, that I've interviewed or, or that I know in recent years, you know, make a switch and just be prepared. Some people are following you because they love everything about you. They love you as a person. They love all your experimentation. They, right? They're going to stick around. And there's some people that followed you because they love the brand of whatever art you're making at the time they followed you. And they're going to leave and that's fine, right? So I think like there are realistically implications of having multiple change or, uh, styles or changing over time. If anything, I don't know, just sell off the brand or something. If, if you know, you really, you really uh, don't want to lose that audience or, or that money coming in and you want to change. But I just think it's important to be realistic about what that might mean if you change it, but also not to feel boxed in because like what, you're going to make an art style that you're miserable with at some point, just because, you know, someone has, bought into it before I, I think it's it's a tricky question though as far yeah. as how you would change it you know I, I'm I'm always I'm always for um because I always I in a way have problem with this kind of branding yourself and business yeah. and uh you know like um because I'm I'm always going for the thing in my mind I know business is business and we all need income and stuff uh but I always think like it can be better you know I I am not a brand um, you know, I'm also not a, a machine or whatever. So I am going to, let's quote, brand myself, but as a human, an artist, and somebody who's being honest by sharing with, um, with an audience or with a following or with my students. And I think um, that's like the main, um, the main thing for me to follow and to have in my mind. So I'm a human and I'm honest. And then if I switch, I switch. And then um, you come along or you don't come along. Right, right. Uh, and, and that's exactly it. Because thinking about, you know, myself and all these things I do as a, really a business and, you know, like kind of corporation and brand is like definitely something I, I don't want for myself. I don't feel, you know, because being a brand is also being in a sort, sort of machine. And um, I can enjoy being more on this level of, mindfulness also what terry was talking about and sharing with others and i also love 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 teaching mm -hmm. and sharing and i think that's a healthy and good way to go about it so i'm definitely not suggesting otherwise yeah. i'm just saying like if i follow an artist and yeah. i've loved them for years and they completely switch styles and i don't like it that's I, absolutely you know, it. I, that's human, I, that's absolutely, I absolutely agree <laughs> i absolutely agree that's and it, yeah. new people that love the new stuff i think you should still absolutely yeah. do what what's in your heart you know so exactly yeah. i'm just saying this because i i know a lot of people are feeling a lot of pressure and the mm. pressure is like what's really stopping anybody from doing mm -hmm. what they want to do yeah you know mm -hmm. i in a way like I, I don't see myself really changing the style but i'm always promoting the thing like if you don't feel good about it it's it's your life it's yeah. it's it's you know like it's gonna it's as long as it is you should just do what really fits you best and what you really enjoy and if you want to switch completely careers so my one idea is to switch careers at some point and become a documentary filmmaker <laughs> Awesome. I love you it. Just, yeah, and when the when the time comes, I'm gonna do that. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely a fan of, 
you know, doing what's what's in your heart. I mean, I do think there was, I, I know, it's, here's my problem. Um, I do think the business side is important as well. Um, if you want it to be anything other than a hobby. And I really like the quote though, I think it was Lilla Rogers that said something like people buy your joy. So I feel like that's that perfect combination of like, you know, do what is, you know, in exactly. your heart, do something joyfully, find something you love, and that will then translate. So don't Absolutely. stay stuck in something or put pressure Absolutely. on yourself, you know, just to become a brand or just to make money or, you know, that's not the goal. Um, but yeah, that I think there's two sides to it and it usually does translate as well. So yeah, I love what you said. It's definitely that uh, from Lila Rogers. It's it's that joy and, and enthusiasm. I think, you know, when I'm most enthusiastic about the topic of the class, I, people just see it because I'm just, you know, I just go, I'm over the place. This is, I think that happened when my class about Matchbox labels, I was just obsessed about Matchbox labels. And I made a cool class about the style of Matchbox labels. And I'm oh. the horror research of history, design, um, typefaces. I don't know. I was just like beyond excited. And I think like that those are like two, they're not the most popular, but like one of the most popular classes for sure. Oh, that's super cool. No, I'm not because I remember I just wanted to say something regarding what Lauren said about um, kind of having this critique uh, mm -hmm. to kind of be like objective and um, and mm -hmm. kind of critiquing. And, and then you said something about um, also finding somebody else who can critique your artwork. I just wanted to give a really quick tip to anybody watching if they want to try to be more objective towards their own art. One thing I'm also mentioning in the class of observing is learning is something I also learned in, in high school in a class called uh, visual observation. So what we did, we took, you know, like uh, paintings from some famous uh, painters throughout history. And then we would like make reference, like what is the composition? How are they doing this? How are they doing that? So we would literally observe the whole uh, painting and that's also what I'm doing in the class. I'm showing how I'm observing different artwork that I like and who's mm -hmm. uh, and the style I like. So I'm just I'm going to show you quickly really the reference. So I'm also like talking about this image. I'm talking about you know the negative space here and how it's you know connecting to where am I to the road and like the simplicity and like you have the white space here, white space here. So literally, what you can do is find things you like and observe them and see what's working there. And then when you have your own artwork, you're gonna also try to be objective and think, okay, maybe this is too clustered. Maybe what I need is exactly what I saw on this painting. Maybe I need more white space that's gonna go through or make a balance. So you can also do something like that and try to be your own art critic. So that's, that's a just cool, a little tip. Cool approach. I really like that. Adding a little bit of analysis on top. Um, we are um, pretty long as far as our conversation now. I promised you all about an hour 15, so we're already over. We're going to do two really quick audience questions. Um, let's not answer them in too much detail, but I think we can get a few quick answers out. Um, so let's do this one first by RT. Um, I'm very new and intuitive in art. I feel that I lack vocabulary for art styles and terminology. How can I learn more or get familiar? Any thoughts? I was just going to say, um, I do have a free workshop called Sketchbooking Your Style. So, it, I mean, that's a good way if you're not familiar at all. It's just a very, like, beginner-friendly process um, where, you know, you can take a sketchbook, work in it from 
beginning to end and kind of see that progression of your style. And I paint four motifs in the sketchbook and I do a different style for each one just to show you like kind of that decision-making process. We talk about shape, texture, color, um, and all of that. And I give you even like a little rough sketch to get started with. So if you're not familiar at all, that's kind of a good starting place. That sounds really fun. That's fantastic. That's a uh, link below as well. Yeah. If you check it out. Awesome. What Lauren just said, it's, I oh. think get, I mean, if you don't have any money you can't do these classes online and that uh, YouTube is an amazing place to learn. Like, talks like these you know you could just type in what you're interested in watercolor whatever and you'll get millions of teachers that are teaching that stuff sure. so yeah just fill yourself up with as much as possible and have fun while you're doing it that's great advice so our last question for the day um z kush asks hi i often got mentally blocked when it comes to choosing a style and getting inspired because many times i feel like it's not good enough Is there any way of getting better at it? Yes, I'm gonna say it. Just tune out. Just, but what do you? Well, and also the question is, why do you think it's not good enough compared to what? It's like I think that's like I think like the best thing to do is to actually tune out everything around you and just like just do like I don't know one hour daily drawing or something scribbling anything scribbling exactly yeah. Terry exactly it's like I remember I was like at some very very bad um, mood just had, I was paralyzed to do anything and what really kept me going is mindlessly doodling just mindlessly just doodling and doodling and just drawing something with a liner pen and those things actually became like the best illustrations I have now but they were just mindless drawings I think that's like also what we talked about just try to be on autopilot also what Terry was saying just like you know it's not about rational like am I doing this good is this good enough you know when will I no no you just do you see you tell yourself one hour of sketching, doodling, drawing mindlessly. After a month, you check what, you know, check the progress. Don't check like on internet, just check your like first sketch and then check the last one. And then you will be like, wow, wow. <laughs> that's great. That's that's all the progress that really matters, right? Is, is how you're progressing personally. That's great. Thank you. Um, I am going to let you as the panel have the final word. Is there anything that, any point that you really wanted to make, any tip that you wanted to bring up before we end the live stream? I highly recommend having your inspiration close by. It's my <laughs> biggest tip and um, they like it too. And a nice cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, nice cup of tea, glass of water. <laughs> Well, then we expect to see many, many dogs for your next book. Yes. Well, I don't have a dog, so I have to go out and borrow my neighbor's dog. <laughs> yeah, I just, you know, having fun is so critical. And um, not only, it, it's like you're you're not just, it's not like, for me, it's not a shutting out of what's happening. Uh, although that's what ends up happening. It's more like a focusing in. And, and then the, with my brain, my brain is always shooting stuff across about, you know, it's got a lot to say about everything I'm doing. I just realized that's just pattern. It's like, um, it doesn't mean anything. It's just crap going through, you know, thank you for sharing and just keep playing and being in the moment with your painting or whatever it is you're doing. And being a child, I think I have to add, oh, like, yeah. being a child, actually remembering how fun it is to just play around and experiment and also one. Another thing is like, I always say like, it's it's also like 
try to imagine yourself being a scientist. So you're experimenting, you're trying to find the recipe, like the perfect ingredients for your concoction or whatever you're making, right? So when you're a scientist, like most of the experiments will fail, right? But then like the ones that succeed are also like something that is gonna make new inventions or, you know, like- Like building blocks. It's, yeah. And it's also like, there is no failing. There is never failing. It's just you learning and constantly improving. So it's just like a whole process of doing what you love to do and believing and actually trusting the process that you will reach whatever you wanna reach. But like on that road, all these like challenges and like you thinking you failed is just like your brain constantly learning and improving. And it's, it's just that being a child, enjoying experimenting and then um, and, and, and repeating all that. <laughs> I love that analogy. That's so, so fun. I, I really enjoy that. And you're taking that pressure off of like, if you're a scientist, you're experimenting, you're trying to find your style and a lot of it is going to fail. And then you're going to have those little pieces you put together um, to finally kind of see that light at some points. Uh, I, I think that's a really, really cool view that takes a lot of the pressure off and just makes it sound that much more fun again. And that's what it's all about. All right. Yeah. Well, someone's asking in the chat about whether oh, this is recorded. And, absolutely. Because um, it came um, in late. Yeah, so um, this is um, recorded. No issue. You can watch the replay immediately. So there's nothing I have to do. It'll be at this very same link. Uh, so feel free to save it, put a like on it, whatever you want to do so that you can find it again. Um, yep, you can restart it at any time and watch it on your own time. Thanks for letting me know, Terry. Alrighty, I think we are going to wrap up this conversation. Thank you all for your generous sharing, your time, your knowledge, your inspiration. It was really, really cool to hear from you. And thank you to everyone watching as well for your numerous comments in the chat. It was really fun. And we'll see you again at the next one. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Thank you. Bye. Hey, so I know this episode was long, but I hope you found it really, really helpful. For more interviews like this one, head over to Harmony Hardin's YouTube channel where she publishes artist interviews twice a month. For links to everything, definitely check out the show notes. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Lauren Leslie, your host of the Design Tribe podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and a review, and I'll see you in the next episode. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye guys.